Let's start crapping a beer. Are you crapping an actual beer? What do you mean? What's an actual beer? Well, I opened a sodi pop. Oh no, no, I'm on the Ronas, mate. Oh, topical. Exactly. It's also delicious. Yeah, that's better than usual. You should be proud. Thank you, mate. Someone's got to be proud. Do you want to do the hello? Why don't you fucking do it? (laughs) (laughs) So mean. Yeah, well, that's the mood of this episode. (laughs) I'm going to be a giant prick the whole way through. Yeah, let's get to it. Don't want to waste any time talking about this, Gem. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Alex and Wes Polish a Turd. I'm Alex. And I'm Wes. Because it doesn't matter how hard you polish that turd. It's still a piece of shit. And today, we're watching Movie 43. 43 times. I've forgotten how to do a podcast. Yeah, I guess maybe we should talk about that a bit first, because we have taken a little bit of a break. We have. Between episode... What was Street Fighter? Five. Five. And this is sick. Yeah. But we took a break seemingly between four and five. We recorded Street Fighter quite a long time ago. Yeah. Then a multitude of things came up. I got sick. Yeah. Our editor went on holiday. And I'm getting married in like two weeks and that is stressful and busy. So <laughs> So yeah, that's, there's a few things stopping us from recording, but it feels really good to be doing it again. It does. Good to be back. Just seeing my little setup with my laptop, my mic and my beer and my notes. That makes me happy. So should we do a quick overview on a... It's hard to do it. It's hard to do an overview on like a anthology film, isn't it? Well, I mean, I guess I can give a bit of background on it. Yeah. So the the idea, well, to start, we're actually watching the UK version. So there is there are two versions, a US version and a UK slash European version. So that in the US version, it's a like a pitch meeting. I don't know how much you know about it, Ali B. Nothing. I didn't really do any research going into this. Okay. It's like a pitch meeting and I think it's Dennis Quaid is playing the person who's pitching all these ideas so then the sketches are the ideas for for like a movie or reality shows or whatever and then that like escalates and and the guy pitching it gets crazier and crazier and he like hunts down the producers he was pitching to and stuff like that that's the general idea for the u.s version and then in the uk version it's three kids trying to find the elusive movie 43 and the sketches that appear throughout the movie are videos they stumble across while searching for it on the internet. Yeah, well, the other one sounds as bad as this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think the, the filler bits were, like, the least interesting parts. I have very few notes on all of those. Yeah, me too. Most of my notes are on the sketches themselves. Every time I cut off a sketch to those stupid kids, I would just zone out. So, movie 43 is made up of 13 sketches glued together by this loose story about these kids and yeah it was made over the course of several years because anyone that knows anything about the movie knows that there's huge huge stars oh massive names there's about what would you say like 20 30 people in this movie that you could like name off the top of your head i mean just the the very first sketch you've got Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman. So that was the sketch that was used to get other people interested and and to get them to agree to do the movie. I almost wish I didn't look at the cast list before I watched it. Yeah, I knew a lot of people that were in it. There was a few surprises. Yeah. So yeah, it was made over the course of several years because basically the... It's like boyhood. The guy making it waited out actors until they could do it. So Richard Gere famously kept putting it off, kept putting it off, tried to get out of it, and then basically told the guy he was available like in a year's time. And the guy was like, okay, I'll wait a year. (laughs) 
which is mental. I fucking love that. Do you know how much each actor made? I have no idea. $800. Jesus. Yeah. So the whole movie was made for $6 million, I think. And yeah, each actor got paid $800. It was sold to them under the guise of, you know, it'll be a day or two day shooting. Yeah. You'll get to do something that is out of the norm that you don't usually get to do. And that was kind of the draw. And that Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman had already done a sketch for it. It's I, I can't decide if it's either genius or like the sleaziest filmmaking technique ever. It's fucking shady as fuck. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it worked. Yeah. And that's the thing. We have this hour and 40 piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't speak too soon on whether or not it's a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. I may not agree with that. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's like a general overview of the movie. I mean, I think that's yeah. like, there's, there's, there's no real story to it. My general thought about anthology films, and the same goes for like sketch comedy as well, it's so hard to have a consistent product at the end. Because even like the classic sketch shows like like Monty Python probably the most classic so much of that shit like I'm a huge Monty Python fan but if you actually go back and watch like full episodes of Flying Circus it's like you know 50% gold to 50% shit you just don't ever see that shit again that shit all stayed <laughs> in the 60s yeah none of it made it to the, the best ofs it's the same with like anthology movies as well it's hard to keep the consistency and I think that was definitely the case here especially because it's like was it 12 13 short Thir- films 13 yeah yeah all by different people as well I don't know I think there's probably a few exceptions to the rule like did you ever see Trick or Treat I'm sure we must have watched oh yeah Trick or Treat there are exceptions and um, I think the two exceptions I can think of off the top of my head are horror ones which is Trick or yeah. and Creepshow. Yeah. Creepshow was my other one. I think I even yeah. made a note of those two that um, yeah. they are sort of, you know, anthology movies at their best. Yeah. Oh man, I love Trick or Treat. It's great. It's maybe one of my favourite movies, potentially. Not a bad choice. Should we do my link to the past? Oh, you got one? Okay, cool. I got one that I think you'll fucking dig as well. Cool. I mean, did you ever come up with one for between Street Fighter and... Two-Headed Shark. Two-Headed Shark. No, because it, I just... No. <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> just couldn't. There can be a shady gap. They're just so different. But this one, so my link here is a special effects artist I think you'll probably know. Tony Gardner, who did all the old man makeup for all three Jackass films and Bad Grandpa. Oh, sick. Um, <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. He did the special effects for The Adams Family with Raul Julia. Okay, cool. And did special effects on movie 43. Amazing, amazing. So that's how we're connecting these ones. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Do you know what specific sketch he did the work on or no? I imagine it's the one with Johnny Knoxville because I was looking on his filmography and even like non- jackass stuff like the ringer tony gardner's the special effects artist on it so i think he might just be like tight with johnny knoxville nice i like that a lot as a good link and i'm pretty sure he was nominated for an oscar for that makeup in bad grandpa yeah yeah he was so yeah oscar nominated makeups in uh movie 43 yep right should we dive in Let's dive in. I guess for this one, we'll just comment on it like sketch by it's, sketch. It's very fresh in my mind because I literally finished it yesterday. Okay. I can't imagine we'll talk too much about the in-between story nah, bit. Nah, it's just not important and it is just the worst part of an already kind of bad film. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like Wes said earlier, it's like two teenagers and their younger hacker brother. But the humor's all really like, it's really like 1999 college film American Pie, dude, where's my car? Kind of humor, isn't it? 
that's why I was really shocked to find out it came out in 2013. <laughs> They'd set up the film because they're trying to prank their younger brother and to get him out of the room, they convince him that there's this film called Movie 43 and if you watch it, I can't remember what they say now, like, you die. But you die, like, <laughs> you shit your pants or something. Yeah, but if you get to the end, you get sex and money. So, like, maybe die, but if you don't die, you'll get rich. And <laughs> It's such a lazy reason to get a kid to do something. It- yeah. It's so it feels like it was written in like you know within the space of an hour. Yeah, it does. So they start looking for movie forty three and go on like a risque videos website and click the forty third one. To uh, just to get ahead of that first, not ahead, go back a bit even. One of my notes I completely forgot I even took down is I I hate it so much when you have fake oh, that God. are meant to look like real websites. Yeah, view this tube was it called? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really does it not just like completely take you out of the movie? Yeah, it really does. It really does. I wrote so much. <laughs> Such a huge note on that one thing. Beck was watching, I think she was watching like Vampire Diaries or something like that. And a character in that said they were going to Bing something. As in like Bing the search engine. Yeah, they were going to Google it. And that, I remember hearing that literally physically cringing. Yeah. Like no one would ever talk like that. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's <laughs> all I have to say on it. But I have a huge note that says how much I hate it. <laughs> Well, no, I think it's a very justified thing to hate, personally. Thanks. Thanks. It's fucking shit. (laughs) Pay for... Who would you pay? YouTube's owned by Google, right? Pay Google for that YouTube logo. They need more money. They do. They're not rich enough. They're starving. So yeah, carry on. They click on the 43rd link. Which takes them to our first sketch, which is the first film sketch, as you said earlier. They filmed this one first with Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, two huge stars already. So I I literally knew so little about this film. I want to say that first as well. Like, I I just knew it was a bad comedy. So I thought it was going to be kind of like bad kind of family comedy. Okay. Given some of the cast, like when you see like people like Richard Gere and Kate Winslet attached, I was not expecting... (laughs) Like, what we got. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I don't even... What do you even say about this sketch? Like, the whole premise is... Kate Winslet's being set up on a blind date with Hugh Jackman's character. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman's character's this really handsome dude. Super rich, like, philanthropist. Really charming. Yeah, just absolutely incredible. Like, everyone seems to love him. They walk into this restaurant together. And he takes off his scarf. And he's just got a set of testicles hanging off... It's not even like his chin, is it? It's like coming out of his his neck. neck. So I knew that the testicles were coming in this scene. I knew that... I did not. I knew that that was the premise. So yeah, as soon as this one started first, I was like, oh, okay, it's this one. I know know what is about to be, like, revealed. Yeah, I didn't. And it was fucking great, honestly. This whole opening bit, I weirdly loved so much. I'm absolutely with you. I genuinely... Not, like, worried... But, like, I was like, oh, no, am I going to like this whole movie? <laughs> yeah. It was just... It, oh, I don't know what to say about it. It's just so fucking out there. Let's just hire Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet and the whole point of the sketch is Hugh Jackman's got balls on his neck. But the thing is, it's so well acted by Yeah, it really is. Like, And they're both... They've both done comedy before and have proven that they're great at it. Like, I think Kate Winslet's, like, top three guest stars in extras. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. And to see her do, like, comedy again. Because she's got great timing and everything. Like, yeah. her, her reactions to, like... Like, the bit where he was... Hugh Jackman's character is, like, hugging a baby. <laughs> and his, like, balls are 
drop it on its head. There's a point in it where there's like aircon above them that's cold. Oh. And you get a shot of the shrunken testicles on his neck. So and that stupid. actually made me burst out laughing. Yeah. Like, it really, really made me laugh. Oh, it's so funny. When he, like, one of his, like, <laughs> like neck pubes drops into his soup. <laughs> and Kate Winslet's, like, gagging. Oh, It's such God. a stupid idea. Yeah, that's why I love it so much, because it's so utterly ridiculous. It's a really good idea. I think the problem that maybe some of the sketches later on suffer with is that they're not that great an idea to start. Whereas this one, you've got a solid idea. The actors absolutely, you know, carry the idea and the comedy. But honestly, it really works. Yeah. And just like everyone else acting like nothing's weird at all. Because like Kate Winslet was like reacting like you would. Just like those family friends that come over and start pestering them. Yeah, I, I really liked it. The only thing I would say that lets the this sketch down is the ending. Do you think? I feel like it cut off too soon. I think you needed a little bit extra... The sketch ends with the family friends who who sort of interrupt their dinner. They want Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet to take a photo together and tell them to lean in closer, lean in closer, and the testicles are, you know, getting close to Kate Winslet's (laughs) face. And eventually they touch her face and she freaks out and then it kind of stops, like freeze frames and, you know, you're back to the kids watching it on a computer. I just think they needed to finish that photo do that whole thing but she gets freaked out then cut to the end of their dinner where they're leaving the restaurant and they're like oh i had a really good time really nice time and then hugh jackman just says something like oh and thanks for not mentioning the huge testicles on my neck do you think they just needed that sort of cap on it to really give it a a kicker of an ending i guess i don't know i I quite liked like the abruptness of it that's what i didn't like yeah i can understand the argument for and against yeah i just wanted some sort of cap on the end to really give it like yeah the end the end the sketch deserved i just feel like it didn't have an end because it was a good sketch they'd actually like started off really strong yeah have you got anything else to say about it it's weird such, such a weird way to do this yeah, like, it's, it's Hugh Jackman with balls on his neck. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to see that, watch movie 43. <laughs> For the first 13 minutes and 54 seconds. To be fair, I'd probably still fuck him if he had balls on his neck. <laughs> right? Uh, right? Do you want me to be supportive here? Uh, yes, if you're not, I will cry. <laughs> then yeah, me too. Good. I guess, yeah, just on to the next one. We're just gonna... Reel them off. <laughs> well, no, we cut back to fucking stupid kids next. Yeah, so then, yeah, the one of the kids is trying to get, like, a virus on his little brother's laptop. By googling stolen. boobs. Yeah. It's just not... It's not how the internet works. <laughs> then he searches porn with viruses. So lazy. It so is lazy. lazy. But then you cut to the next sketch, which features a real-life couple at the time. There's two real-life couples, and I think they've both broken up now from two different sketches. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if these ones have, definitely. But yeah, this one has parents, Naomi Watts, and Liev Schreiber? Is it Liev Le- Schreiber? Is it Liev? I thought it was Liev. Like, oh, yeah. maybe. I think... I just thought it was like chicken Kiev. <laughs> chicken Liev. <laughs> Put that leave. on a t-shirt. Leave. Leave. Yeah. I recognise the other actor as well. I've definitely seen him in stuff. Who that plays their son? Nah, that plays the other, like the dad from the other couple. Oh, I don't know who he is. So yeah, the premise of this one. I was just gonna say, I found this sketch fucking hilarious as well. 
Oh no, okay, okay. <laughs> is this our first disagreement? Well, what, of this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I just thought it was really funny. It's just, Again, I just thought the premise was just so fucking stupid and the bit... So I, I guess, sorry, going back. So the whole premise of this sketch is... Leave Schreiber and Naomi Watts have a son they're homeschooling and they're trying to give him like an accurate high school experience and <laughs> that includes like being a general dick to him a lot of the time yeah so like bullying him and not inviting him to parties in his own house yeah but then it gets fucking weird and it's like his first kiss is with his mum <laughs> man I just found it like really cringy I think that's the point. It's meant to be like it's just again. It's so. It's I don't know the word for it. It was the the son, the actor playing the son. It was his expression the whole way through. That like, <laughs> it's just like absolute fucking dead-eyed stare. Yeah, and I, I, you know, they they kind of torture him and like hazing on him. Yeah, like when he's having a shower. <laughs> he's having a shower and his dad comes in, and he's like, "Your pubes are weird." <laughs> <laughs> Look at his weird pubes. <laughs> See, I think I'm laughing at you saying it rather than I, than me laughing at the movie. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. They sort of describe their homeschooling techniques to another couple, and you know the couple are horrified. But then at the end of the sketch, the kid comes down and he seems like a reasonable, yeah, well balanced person until he introduces his girlfriend, who's a like a sewn together doll. With his mum's face on it, yeah. Uh, and I tell you, I'll give you this: when he did the doll's voice, <laughs> that actually got me. Yeah, it was when uh they were like his like first gay experience. Oh, where yeah, with his dad. Just so fucking weird. <laughs> I think I just like really weird comedy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like the point of this movie, right? Yeah. It was to give sort of writers and directors something where they go, here you go, have free reign to make the weirdest thing you can think of. It can be as fucked up as you want. There's no cap on like what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, which I respect, you know, I like that. So yeah, and you get this kind of weird movie that's that has its moments, but is overall, yeah. you know... Yeah, I think I think you you have a few gems. Yeah, definitely in a, in, a, in a pile of shit. Although I think like after this sketch, I thought the first two were the best. So it it slowly goes downhill. Or well, I, maybe not slowly. No, <laughs> quite rapidly. I don't even think they cut back to the kids before the next sketch, do they? They cut back to the kid's face, the younger kid's face, for like three seconds, and then right back onto the computer screen. Yeah, where we get our second real-life couple. At the time, yeah, they're not together anymore. Anna Faris and Chris Pratt. But but yeah, they have broke up, which is sad. Yeah, it starts Chris Pratt and Anna Faris as our two big stars. I love both of those. Yeah, Anna Faris isn't in enough things. No, she isn't. She's fucking hilarious. I used to, I used to love Anna Faris in like the first couple scary movies and stuff. Yeah. I think scary movie 1, 2, and 3 are all good. I think the third one gets overlooked. I can I can definitely vouch for one. Yeah. Two and three, I, d- I haven't seen enough, I'd say. It's been years. I think nice. we watched them together, like, three years ago. <laughs> this is such a weird way to record this podcast. I'm not, like, fully used to it. What do you mean? I feel like we're just constantly com- explaining the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, what else can you do? <laughs> I know, it's such a hard one to do. Because it's essentially, like... 13 movies. 13 mini-episodes of our podcast. We should do like the intro music before every sketch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, hello. 
I'm Wes. <laughs> I'm Ali B. <laughs> and this is the sketch featuring Anna Faris and Chris Pratt and Pooh. Chris Intro music, Faris. Ryan. Put it in here. Uh, then cut it off here. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> then put it in here. No, no, no. No, don't do that. Or maybe do it. We'll see what you do. So yeah, the premise of this one is it's kind of like a spin on a couple having sex for the first time but instead of just having sex for the first time Anna Faris wants Chris Pratt to shit on her to poop on her to poop on her I really didn't like the use of the word poop no one says poop do they? I don't know I say pip sometimes pip's a funny word pip's a funny word but shit's a better word poop is funnier than shit oh god so many disagreements Poop doesn't sound natural. No, but uh, that adds to its humour, I think. You poop head. Yeah, I think poop is funnier. Yeah, poo is funnier than poop as well. That's the tier. <laughs> and the thing is, our podcast is called Polished Turd, but Turd's like the bottom. <laughs> yeah, Turd isn't the funniest. It should be called no. Polisher Shit. <laughs> it should be called Polisher Poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some good like alliteration in that. Polisher yeah. Poo. Polish I like poo. that. Oh my god. I'd listen to that. I wouldn't listen to this. No, not this pile of... <laughs> Turd. Uh, so, yeah, like, the start of this, Chris Pratt's going to propose to Anna Faris. And as he's saying, like, will you marry me? She says, poop on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the general premise. And again, that's like, that's the joke. Chris Pratt has to poop on Anna Faris. But I just don't think that's enough. No. I think this is the point we get where the idea and the actors carrying the idea isn't enough. See, the thing is as well, though, I still don't think it was that bad, this one. It wasn't funny. It wasn't that funny. It didn't really make me laugh, but I don't know... No, but then it's nothing. Then it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's a bad thing. You're watching a comedy, you know? This this should be making you laugh out loud. That's the goal. Yeah. You're watching it and you're having no reaction. That's yeah. a negative thing. <laughs> and I think that that's the case for a lot of the movie. Some of it's like some of it's definitely so bad that you hate it and it's so yeah. unfunny that you hate it. But then there's a lot of stuff that's just nothing. Yeah, you're watching definitely. it and it's it's happening to you. And you're like, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand what's supposed to be funny, but it just isn't. How good is JB Smooth, though? JB Smooth. The guy that gives him the like laxative at the bar. Oh, right. yeah. He's so good. Uh, he was in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I did recognise him. I just didn't know his name. What else have I seen him in? I don't see him in enough things, but he is, he is great. Oh, he was in Spider-Man, Far From Home. Yeah. He was. Yeah, so one of my notes for this particular sketch, actually, I've got it playing without any sound, obviously, but I made a note about how terrible the dialogue was for this. I think it was just like, it was really poorly written, but like, you know, it's testament to these actors because they sell it. Yeah. You know, you you believe what they're saying. It just doesn't sound right or, or, or feel right. One good thing about this sketch is Chris Pratt can definitely sell looking like he needs to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really can. Uh, but, like, I felt, like, physically ill watching him drink that whole bottle of laxative. <laughs> like, the thought of that was just, like, made me need a poo. I had secondhand laxative from that. I've got it on my screen now. I like the waddle he does, like, the waddle runs. Yeah, we've all been there. So yeah, essentially, he eats a bunch of, like, food that would make you want to shit. He drinks a bunch of laxative. He ends up running out into the middle of the road. And a car hits him and shit explodes everywhere. And that's the bit. And that's it. 
you know, again, I just feel like there's not enough payoff. No, no, like Anna Faris and Chris Pratt were enough to keep me invested throughout the whole sketch, but yeah. I think that's what this movie relies on a lot of the time. It does, yeah. Successfully, like, <laughs> that's the thing, it, it successfully relies on its actors because you do continue watching a sketch because of them. Like, imagine watching this and it was two actors who had never been in anything before. Yeah, well, it would just, like, it'd just be a nothing film, wouldn't it? Like, it wouldn't be regarded as one of the worst films ever made. Yeah. It just wouldn't have been anything. So, once that sketch finishes, we cut back to our guy with his brother's stolen laptop, and now he's on a cam model website called cougarcrate.com, and he's watching a model take off her clothes but you can't see her head. And I literally wrote down in my notes, that is going to be his mum. <laughs> Did you? See, I, I, yeah. wasn't, I wasn't paying enough attention to yeah, these I bits to even... I called it straight away. Oh, well, well done you. I promise you, I can send you a photo of my notes. <laughs> I believe you. I knew. I knew it, mate. I could write this movie. You probably could. I probably could. Like, I reckon the movie we wrote is probably better. Maybe. That's the thing. We spent a summer writing a a movie in similar humour. You know, it was a stoner... We went the Kevin Smith route of uh, dick and fart jokes, as he says. Yeah, absolutely. Which there's nothing wrong with. No. We really put a lot of effort into that. We did. To make it, like, concise and make sense. It was a passion project. Give characters a reason for doing things and give them a reason... For why they act in certain ways shit like this that is literally slapped together and like this still made money right how much was the budget six i think it million. was six million i don't even know if it made that back weirdly enough though i do remember seeing posters for this film around um i remember the cinema near us had a few big posters for this movie and the reason i remember it is just because i think johnny knoxville's face was on it and i was like oh i like jackass yeah so it made 32 million well it's hard to call it a failure then, right? This film's a success. Yeah. If it had a budget of six million and it made 32 million. You can't. That's the thing. You can't argue against right. it. Like, as shit as it is. <laughs> so, and then we get to our... What sketch is this then? Kieran Culkin and Emma Stone. What number sketch is this? Sketch four. Four? I just thought this one was just bad. It had no reason. You could kind of see what they were going for. Just like, again, weird out there. But this one was just kind of, I don't know, strange and had like a weird, like sinister vibe to it. But I would just call this one bad. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like quantify its badness, but it is just bad. I don't think there's any defending it. My notes for this sketch just say I have very little to say about this segment. It's just Kieran Culkin and Emma Stone. I guess they've recently broke up and they're talking all weird and horny. Yeah, so they they throw like weird insults at each other and it's all like underlined by sexual tension. Yeah, but the intercom, he works in a supermarket and he's left the intercom on so all the customers can hear him and her. And that's Um, it. (laughs) But yeah, that's just like the whole joke. But like Emma Stone, she's a fucking good actress is what I was realising watching this. Like if if she can take this script and like show such genuine emotion that's what i was saying about the actors carrying this whole movie yeah you know they're taking this horrible horrible dialogue and making it believable i believe that these guys are having this argument and you know they're they're attracted to each other or or you know there's that underlining sexual tension but the comedy of it and there's no punchline the jokes come from what they say the laughs come from what they say but what they're saying isn't that funny or shocking to be honest. No, not at all. I think they failed to set up the universe, which isn't hard to do. You know, we got that in the first and the second sketch, especially yeah. in the second sketch. It was really quick set up that they were homeschooling 
their kid and yeah. they took they take it too far that's the that's the whole idea and you can live in that universe for five minutes and believe it but with this one there's just nothing it's just two good actors saying weird stuff and you see kieran colkin put his whole finger in emma stone's mouth and i never ever wanted to see that and now i have <laughs> she leaves and then kieran colkin like runs after her and that's the whole sketch that's the whole sketch that's it it's just shit <laughs> one thing i had trouble with like getting to grips with this movie like the kids are watching these sketches on the internet are they sketches in the in- on the internet in that world i don't know or is this like a reality show in their world or i don't i genuinely i they just needed something to have all these weird videos together i don't i don't believe they thought about it at all <laughs> yeah neither do i all the people in the supermarket look really weird as well is that is that a joke <laughs> yeah i guess but that's like stealing tim and eric's mo right there yeah like that's what tim and eric do they hire the weirdest looking actors they can find yeah i just i'm trying to think of what else i can even say about that it's just it was just boring a bit shit <laughs> yeah and then you cut to a weird fake advert i hated this i hated it just again it's absolutely nothing so it's a fake ipod ad for something called an iBabe, which yeah. is a naked woman and she's completely naked in the ad and she has a head a pair of headphones plugged into her side and a little iPod screen on her stomach. <sighs> and that's the whole joke. <laughs> Just like it's a naked woman who's it, an iPod. It really made me angry. <laughs> like <laughs> the only reason they have that. I mean, there's a sketch later on that like leads from that. But when you're watching this movie, you have no idea that that sketch is coming up in like 20 minutes, half an hour's time. All you see is this ad and literally the only reason this ad exists in this movie is to have a naked woman like full frontal nudity in the movie. That's it and that actually makes me so angry. (laughs) Like there is literally no reason like, you know, I know you get like sex scenes and horror movies and things like that but at least there's a reason for the nudity you know they're going to have sex and then like you know get killed by the serial killer or whatever but this is literally like a stationary woman that makes me feel uncomfortable as well she's just standing there with like no expression (laughs) on her face it's weird it really makes me feel just so uncomfortable yeah and it i i I hated it (laughs) yeah the next sketch i thought i was gonna enjoy just just because uh oh man I have a note that is like, Ali B is going to hate this. <laughs> the thing is, right, I love everyone who's in it. Me too, absolutely. I love Justin Long. I love Uma Thurman. I love Christian Bale. I love Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, you got it. John Hodgman. Yeah, and the who's that at the start that plays his date? I don't know her name. She was in 30 Rock. I think she was like Tina Fey's assistant in 30 Rock, but I don't know her name. No, I'm bad with names. The whole premise of this bit is Robin is going speed dating. Robin of Batman and Robin fame. He's speed dating and Batman shows up and I don't... (sighs) (laughs) He ruins it. He he makes his dates awkward. It makes you miss watching Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Didn't you think the production value from that first sketch of Hugh Jackman where those like those testicles looked amazing? You gotta give it to them. They looked incredible. They moved by themselves, you know, when they were shrunken. I wouldn't be surprised actually if that's the sketch that um Tony Gardner did. Those testicles look very similar to Johnny Knoxville's. Yeah. (laughs) What's this old man called? Irvin Uh, Irving Zisman. Irvin, that's it. 
<laughs> but yeah, you have the you have the high production value of that first sketch, and then you have this piece of shit where they're wearing like off-brand Batman yeah, and this is Robin the thing. costumes. Like, I I know they were purposely going for like a cheap costume look, but like you can do like looking cheap, but also like good for camera if that makes sense. Like Hollywood cheap sort of thing. Whereas these costumes just look awful. They, it genuinely does look like the day of filming, they just walked into a costume shop and didn't try them on first. Well, I think they would probably have had them made for the movie because they've got to adhere to certain copyright. Yeah, I suppose. Like, because his Batman logo and the Robin logo are both off. So is the Superman logo. The yeah. Superman logo is terrible. They can't yeah. even use, like, the diamond shape that the S is no. in. It's like a aerial font S. Although, in this sketch, second time Uma Thurman's been in a Batman movie. <laughs> a Batman movie. Mm, yeah. For, for those listening at home, I did air quotes. I wonder which one she's more proud of. And I feel oh, like that God. would be a genuine, genuinely hard question for her to answer. <laughs> Wow. If you ever get to interview Uma Thurman, that yeah, ask is the her question. what Batman role she's more proud of. No, you know yeah. my feelings on Batman and Robin. She should be oh, proud yeah, of absolutely. that. <laughs> she should not be proud of this, even though it's not her <laughs> fault it's bad, because she's actually good in it, and she should be in more stuff. But don't you th- didn't you think this just felt, um, it felt like in like a SNL sketch or something, you know? Yeah, it did. And like one that wouldn't be repeated again. It didn't feel like it deserved to be in a movie. No. This is a YouTube sketch or something you would see on like funny or die or something like that yeah but even like the the funny or die superhero bits are genuinely funny like yeah. the, that all their batman bits are like some of the best sketches they've done is that with uh, pete holmes yeah yeah that's a that's college humor actually oh is that not funny or die yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh okay my Man, bad I, I used to love college humor that's the only reason i know that i used to love college humor yeah. back in the day so it's not just him, it's that other dude who's in a lot of them. Is it the guy with like, the big ginger beard? Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, I don't know his name for the life of me. He is fucking funny, that yeah. dude. Bad man, is he called or something? Yeah, bad man. Bad man. Mate, Pete Holmes is hilarious. Yeah, have you ever listened to his podcast? I've not. It's really good. It's really, really good. I reckon I'd enjoy <laughs> that. Have you seen the Pete Holmes Street Fighter bits? No. <laughs> oh my God, they are amazing. What about his X-Men auditions? Uh, yeah, I've seen the X-Men auditions. Yeah. Anyway, back to this sketch. Uh, yeah. Um, didn't you feel like there was absolutely no reason for it to be Batman and Robin themed? Yeah. Like, there is no real reference to it being Batman and Robin. Batman, no. like, brings up Robin's costume, but bar that, there's no reason for it to be superheroes and villains. Yeah. It could have just been normal people. <laughs> could have just been speed dating. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But again, I think that's like the idea not being good enough. They yeah. they said, hey, what if Robin went speed dating and then <laughs> went from there? This, this is the first one as well that has people that have something in common, like TV or, or movie wise, which kind of pops up quite often throughout this from this point. All right. So John Hodgman agreed to do this sketch. He didn't see a script or anything. He agreed to do it because Justin Long asked him to do it. Because at the time, they were in the Apple ads together. Okay. I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Yeah, yeah, those. And I've, I feel like that comes into play a couple times throughout the whole thing. There's like actors that have been in something together. And considering that the movie as a whole was made over a few years, I feel like yeah. maybe that's a reason they got two big 
actors together because they were currently filming something else in a place and and the guys making movie 43 could rock up and get them for a day so this sketch apparently was based on a short movie also with batman and robin a short movie from where that justin long was in oh okay it's called robin's big date and justin long was robin and sam rockwell was batman so yeah apparently that's what this is based on i wonder if that's any better probably not almost definitely not although it's got the writer for that original sketch will carlo he plays the riddler in this sketch okay that makes sense I wondered why they had, like, an unrecognisable face playing Robin, uh, playing the Riddler, considering that everyone else is a recognisable person. Time for crap number two. I don't have a bottle opener, (laughs) so I'm using a spoon. Oh, that didn't sound good. No. Oh, that sounded good. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Uh, I already crapped mine out in the kitchen so i'll do a fake no it's not fake i promise you always fake your bottle opens in our relationship (laughs) i really 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 like christian bell as supergirl yeah yeah well i've been watching a lot of veronica mars recently never watched that oh it's so good what sort i don't even know like what is it so she's in high school Kristen bell's in high school and her dad is a private detective. Right. And then because he's a private detective, she's kind of learned a lot of that stuff. And then okay, she's like a private detective for high school students. So, you know, like, I'm trying to think of something they ask her to do, but it's like... Toon Disney series Fillmore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, along the same lines, yeah. <laughs> like, someone will come to her and be like, I need to get dirt on my parents so I can blackmail them into letting me go to a party or whatever and then you know and there's, there's there's like murders along the way like high school kids die and she investigates those is it a comedy there's funny bits i really like it though loads of faces show up throughout the whole thing we just watched an episode in season three that paul rudd pops up in oh. loads of people pop up is it streaming anywhere no we had to buy the dvds oh god it's <laughs> the first time i bought the complete box set which has three seasons and the movie, and then I've bought the fourth season as well. I really just know Christian Bell from The Good Place. Yeah, which is also incredible. She's great. And she's amazing. Frozen? Yeah, she's in Frozen. She's in Frozen. Getting back to the movie. Scream 4! Scream 4. Scream 4? Scream 4! Yeah. Arguably one of the best screams. I would agree. Second after the first one, I think. I would agree. Do you think movie 43 would have worked better as a TV show? No. Why? I just don't think it it would have worked it 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 would have maybe worked as a YouTube account that's why that was my next question (laughs) but even then not a very good one I think if it was in like bite size 22 minute chunks it might be funnier but I think just by the time you're like half an hour to 40 minutes through you're just struggling i don't even really know what the joke was in this batman sketch like batman's a bit of a dick is that the joke it's the same joke as the one with kieran culkin and emma stone you know he's saying shocking things he's saying like crude things about supergirl like he's looking up her skirt that's that those are the jokes that's it yeah the joke is like batman's a complete dude bro yeah exactly and that is the joke yeah it's the, it's the same problem that so many of these suffer with and then wonder woman shows up and they joke about wonder woman had to get an abortion and it's just like ugh. rough rough yeah not my cup of tea and the thing is shock and humor can be funny yeah but like absolutely I don't, it, when it's not this dumb <laughs> yeah 
You can't just say something shocking, you know? You can't just say fuck and expect it to be funny. Like talking about Supergirl's hairy pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's only funny because you said it. That's the thing. <laughs> We're laughing now. But I, I don't know if I've ever heard you say Supergirl's hairy pussy in my life. No, brand new sentence. And now it's my ringtone. <laughs> Oh, by your official... Oh, I'm not even going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've both said it once and that's enough. Yeah, I'll never say those those, those, those words again. <laughs> that's the cap for the show. All right, moving on to sketch number five. We're on sketch seven now. Yeah, I mean, we had more left of this one, right? Like, the Riddler shows up and it's a dude and the joke was Robin kissed a man. Yeah, that's it. Just that whole bit was just kind of offensive. I don't know. Uh, maybe not offensive. There's just a... I don't know. There's just no... Because, again, offensive... You can be offensive and funny. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that. But, yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, like, it's blue for the sake of blue. Yeah, yeah. This next bit, though, the sketch after, like, the other... The second little advert I found quite funny. I quite like this one, too. Because this one was good because it was really short and, you know, it, it didn't try to be... They didn't drag it out. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole joke of this one is basically it's like a black and white public service announcement about how <laughs> like little kids are actually working inside vending machines and printers and ATMs. This guy's like ordering a drink from a vending machine and it doesn't dispense it and he starts like beating the machine and it cuts to like kids inside the machine crying just holding loads of cans. But the thing is with this one like it again it sets up that universe, you know. Yeah. So now we're in a universe where kids are in machines working the yeah. machines that people <laughs> like hit the little, and there you go you're you're in it you the believe little kids it. like sliding money out of the <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is good this bit was good this bit would work as just like a youtube video wouldn't it yeah yeah like it's just funny the tagline <laughs> just said machines they're full of kids that yeah. really got me that actually <laughs> yeah. made me laugh quite a lot <laughs> yeah but yeah, I think the, the best thing about that one is that it's, what, like 30 seconds long? 45 seconds yeah. long? Paid for by the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children Inside Machines. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's a good bit. That one had its own, like whole own director and writer and stuff. Because a few, a few of them are directed by the same person. Oh, all right. So there's a couple, like, there's a couple directors that have a couple sketches you cut to the um kids now for a while with some russian dude yeah so basically the little kid and one of his brothers get confronted by a russian guy on a webcam on their on their computer screen and he's like threatening them threatening them about movie 43 and he need they need to tell him where movie 43 is and stuff yeah, that's essentially it. Their older brother is still in the in the toilet like jacking off to having a wank <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're in England. You don't call it jerking off. I hate the word wank. Having a wank. I really don't like it. Why? I don't know. I think it is because it just makes me think of like English people. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I uh, self hate. <laughs> yeah. It it does sound like more. I don't know. Like jerking off. It just sounds more like innocent. I it's guess. a bit cleaner. It's a bit cleaner. Like, having a wank is like Ugh. it's so dirty. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I see where you're coming from. It just feels so <laughs> gross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying wank loads more around you now. No, that's okay because it's a funny word. What if I asked you to wank me off? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop recording. 
Alright, Ryan, put the theme tune in here. What, are we ending? It's the end? <laughs> Come on, we've still got Halle Berry. I know, I know. So, the kids decide to ignore the Russian guy that's threatening them and decide to watch another sketch. Then, this is the sketch that the iBabe ad earlier on was setting mm. up. So, essentially, there's a board meeting with the people that created the iBabe and they realise that kids are buying the iBabe and putting their fingers in the iBabe's vagina... there's a fan in there for some reason their fingers are getting cut off by the fan that's the whole premise of this sketch I fucking despised this whole sketch yeah me too and the thing is as well I'm glad you kind of explained about Richard Gere's reluctance to be in this film because he's in like this three minute sketch and you can just tell he does not want to be there. No, he doesn't want to be there at all. He puts the lowest amount of effort he can yeah. and it'd be possible. Yeah, there was just, you know, I keep harping on about it, but you've got to set up a believable premise. And there's literally no reason why they would make an iPod that is a naked woman. Yeah. Like, what is the reasoning behind it? You know, all of these people, bar there is one woman that is sitting at the table who is sort of the voice of reason. Yeah. So she is like, you know, the audience are saying, of course, a kid would put his fingers inside a mm. robot woman's vagina. But still, even with her being the voice of reason, there's no explanation as to why this exists in the first place. No. And I just can't get past that. I can't get past that it's so unbelievable that it would happen in the first place. I guess that's the joke of this sketch, isn't it? Like, the joke is, like, it is so unbelievable, and she's the only person that sees that. That's the joke. But I hated it. <laughs> But it doesn't mean it's funny. No. <laughs> at all. I really hated it. I think I, I really feel like it was just, yeah, like I was saying with the ad earlier, it's just an excuse to have full frontal nudity in a movie. Definitely. But it's got Jack McBrayer in it. Yeah, yeah, he's in this one. Fix it Felix himself. <laughs> no, you're right. This bit is just like... It's just trash. It's just absolute trash. It is trash. And then they got like the they bring out like a new iBabe and it's just a black woman and they make a joke about how you can now get your iPad in like all your favourite colours and it's just like ugh. ugh. Yeah, it just elicits that sigh. This whole bit was just a constant sigh, wasn't it? It's just really lazy. Yeah, just having the joke about different colours, you can get a white iPod and a black yeah. iPod is ugh. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny, and I hate it. I hate. I genuinely hated that sketch. It it made me angry. It made me upset that this was in a movie, and our movie was never made. Yeah. I'm just saying. 2025 roll up release. <laughs> oh shit! You're giving us a five year window. <laughs> That's bold. Then we have sketch number nine. So yeah, this is another one where you know, obviously Chloe Grace Moretz and Christopher Mintz Plass were both in Kick-Ass, so I can only assume that maybe this was filmed at the same time that Kick-Ass was filmed. I don't know without checking dates. No, but you're probably right. But yeah, like, you know, I've kind of figured that's maybe how they have them both in the same sketch together. Elizabeth Banks directed this sketch as well. Oh, really? premise of this one is that you've got Chloe Grace Moretz and uh, another kid who I do recognise. Well, the other kid? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he played young Kirk in the 2009 Star Trek. He was... Man, not a lot. I don't know what you recognise him from. He was in an episode of Bones. No. (laughs) No? And he was in an episode of Gilmore Girls? No. Poseidon? 
No. Pooh's Heffalump movie. He was <laughs> the voice of Rue. Ah, you got it. That's it. He's an anchorman? <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, so these two kids are on their couch making out and then Chloe Grace Moretz gets up to leave and there's a patch of blood on the couch. Yeah. And basically she's gotten her first period. And then it's just a bunch of guys overreacting and that's it. <laughs> yeah, the joke is that men find periods gross. Yeah, it's a, it's just a big sigh. Yeah. That's like the one note I made on this is just big sigh. Although I will say, I just think I find Christopher Mintz-Plass funny in just everything. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing we were saying earlier. Like, you know, it's more about the actors. Yeah, definitely. But just like him reacting, I found quite funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is just really funny. I agree. You're laughing because it's him doing it. If it was someone yeah. else that you didn't know then it wouldn't be funny. So it's not a testament to the writing or the concept. It's his acting that is making you laugh. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't I feel like the sketch went on too long. Did you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. They just kept introducing more male characters to be disgusted at her having yeah. a period. Yeah, I mean, that's it. <laughs> like... That is it. It doesn't make me as angry as the last sketch did, but it's just one of those ones that's just... A, big old eye roll yeah because i think it's too like what do you call it when it's like humor for kids (laughs) juvenile juvenile yeah that's the word it's just way too juvenile but i you know this movie is obviously aimed at adults i like seeing uh matt walsh and stuff yeah i I really like him he's funny yeah you know patrick warburton as well i love patrick warburton yeah there's nothing wrong with the cast at all (laughs) but yeah and then this whole sketch after all of like the guys overreacting to a, a period and stuff the whole sketch literally ends on a pull my finger joke that's it that is the end of the sketch they rely on a pull my finger and a fart and that's that's to cap it off there you go so they do like a little tampax ad at the end of that sketch which is is weird as well so like they end it with the characters that ends and then the dad puts on the tv and then it's a tampax ad yeah which is just odd I don't know, I it just felt really, like, jarring. But that, yeah, that maybe got a bit of a chuckle out of me. <laughs> got nothing out of me. For people listening. It was two women swimming in the sea, and a shark comes out and eats one of them and not the other, and then it's an ad for Tampax. And you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> it's making me sigh talking about it. What if I don't want to draw my own conclusions, Wes? What if I want you to draw them for me right now? So she was on her period in the sea and sharks are attracted to blood. Oh, get out. When? (laughs) When did that start? When did sharks start doing that? Did you not see Two-Headed Shark Attack? I try to forget. So we cut back to our two kids and now they're freaking out about some other sort of like mobster characters, gang members who have their friend hostage. For some reason, how did that, I don't even know how that came about. Every single time they cut back to the kids, it's just more gang members trying to get them to give them movie 43, but obviously they don't have it. And then yeah, and then it's just like a weird, they stop even like sort of interlacing the sketches into that storyline. Because between, between the scene with, with with the kids and the next sketch, the kid literally, like, Googles something, hits enter, 
and then the sketch starts on our screen. It doesn't even start on his screen. No. And then we get it full screen. It just literally starts. So they stop even like interconnecting everything. Yeah. It's you know they just don't give a shit. You're 56 minutes into it. Who cares? <laughs> What's your general thought on this next sketch? So sketch 10 stars uh, Sean William Scott and Johnny Knoxville, both in Dukes, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard is quite old at this point, right? Oh yeah, this, this was not shot around then. Yeah. Because <laughs> with the past sketches, that's what I was thinking, but then, but yeah. surely it couldn't be. But you know, you know I love Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've got a bias towards both these actors, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I really, really like Sean William Scott a lot. Just, he takes me back to being, you know, like a pre Teen watching American Pie and yep. Road Trip and Evolution and Johnny Knoxville. He's just the fucking guy. He's like one of my <laughs> favorite people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to have an unbiased opinion about it because I'm just I'm just happy to see them on the screen most of the time. Yeah, you know, I'll watch Johnny Knoxville and basically anything. Yeah. How uncomfortable did the Gerard Butler leprechaun make you? I didn't realize it was him for a while. And he's got like a hat on, a green beanie hat type thing, yeah. or like a leprechaun hat. It was like a scene where he starts shouting and the camera's really closing in on him that I was like, I really recognise that leprechaun. And then I looked it up and I was like, no fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) The premise of it is that Sean William Scott for Johnny Knoxville's birthday? Was it that? Or... No. No. What happened? So Johnny Knoxville slept with Sean William Scott's girlfriend. Ah, yes. Then as like a present to... I think it is his birthday, yeah, but also to make it up to him. He's caught Sean William Scott a leprechaun. And they're going to force the leprechaun to give him his gold. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I mean, we said, like, at the start of it, we have a bias because we like the two actors, but the sketch isn't that great. This relies heavily on violence for laughs. Yeah, and that's very Johnny Knoxville. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, like, you know, it's just a lot of, like, the two of them punching a leprechaun. I would be interested to know if this episode came out before or after the episode of um, It's Always Sunny with the leprechaun in the basement. Oh, interesting. Because I thought they were very similar. I didn't even think of Always Sunny when I was watching it. Really? I thought it had some Always Sunny vibes. Because Charlie gets very sinister with that leprechaun. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I feel like this has the same sort of humour... The you know in Family Guy when Peter and the and the chicken have a fight. Uh, no, what is Family Guy? <laughs> uh, it's like have you ever heard of a show called The Cleveland Show? Oh yeah, The Cleveland Show. It's like a spin-off of that. It's like a rip-off of The Cleveland Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an animated Big Bang Theory. Yes, it's exactly like an animated Big Bang Theory. Although I'd say it's more of an animated young Sheldon, to be honest. Oh, okay. But that's just being nitpicky. I'll definitely check it out then. It's that sort of humour, you know? It's just like people beating up other people. Yeah, and like that's... teenagers that think fights are funny. You know, halfway through the sketch, the leprechaun gives them his gold, and then there's another leprechaun hiding in the gold. Also played by Jared Butler, right? No, it's someone else. They wanted another actor for the other leprechaun. But they never got him. I thought Jared Butler played them both because they have similar eyes. They both have Jared Butler's eyes. Do you know what his eyes look like? Jared Butler? Are you very well versed in Jared Butler's eyes? I've seen 300, at least 300 times. Have you seen the movie number 23, 23 times? No. I have seen 2012, <laughs> 2012 times though. When 300 came out, I had it like the, what were they called? Like UMD? 
for my PSP. It was like you know, like a PSP equivalent of a DVD. Yeah. I had the film on that, and I genuinely watched it like every day for a while. <laughs> I really liked Three Hundred, but then I haven't been able to watch it since I was in school, just because I watched it so many times. We could do Three Hundred. What was the sequel called? I didn't even know there was a sequel. Yeah, they did a sequel, Rise of an Empire, because they brought back Eva Green. And she's the only name in this whole cast that I know. Oh, Jared Butler is Leprechaun 1 and Leprechaun 2. You did get his eyes right. I know his eyes. Yeah, they wanted someone else to play the second Leprechaun. There was another, like, big name they wanted, and then that person turned them down. So I guess they just put Jared Butler in both parts. But yeah, they both get beaten up by the Leprechauns, and then the sketch ends with Johnny Knoxville telling Sean William Scott that he also kidnapped a fairy, and the fairy really likes sex. The fairy gives blowjobs for gold, and uh, they just got a pot of gold. There you go, there you go. Yeah, that's the bit. <laughs> that's the punchline. And they're throwing the leprechauns in the bin, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, so my next note after the Johnny Knoxville sketch was, I've stopped paying attention to these connecting scenes. You lasted longer than I did. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I thought it was going somewhere, but it just kept repeating the same thing over and over again. Yep. Like this false sense of panic that they had to do something and then it just completely halts while they play a random sketch. So our next sketch, Sketch 11, stars Stephen Merchant and Halle Berry. And I honestly thought this sketch had promise. I think it's a reasonably well thought out idea. It's a simple idea. And I think maybe the simpler ideas are what carries the best sketches or what produces the best sketches. Uh, going back to that first sketch that we liked, the whole idea is that Hugh Jackman has testicles on his neck and is on a date. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's a really simple idea that you can play with and expand on. Whereas some of these other ones that are a bit more complicated, you can't flesh them out enough or give them enough reason to be what they are. Especially things like the eye babe one and stuff. You haven't got enough yeah. time to explain why or or give it any sort of reasoning that's true but with this one the premise is that Stephen merchant and halle berry are on a date and they play a game of dares and the game of dares gets crazier and crazier as their night goes on which i think is a pretty good concept to be honest my only issue with this one is it gets too crazy too quick yeah you know <laughs> like the first couple dares that they do so the first dare halle berry dares Stephen merchant to touch a guy's butt who stand at the bar, which is like, it's a good way to start, I think. I was like, okay, cool. We'll see where this goes. And he touches his bar and then the guy punches him and that that eggs Stephen Merchant on to give her a dare. He dares her to blow out a blind kid's birthday cake candles, which I thought actually was really good. <laughs> that's really funny. I mean, that, but then that's shocking humor that's funny. They really got it there. Stephen Merchant's just fucking hilarious. Oh, man. There used to be this ad he did for, like, a bank or something, and he has a certain way of saying the phrase, man alive, (laughs) that just gets me every time. I think you could play me a soundbite of Stephen Merchant saying man alive, and I would crack up 100% of the time. I'm going to make sure I have that on my phone next time I'm around you. Yes, please. So what did you think of this sketch? Without getting into too much of the crazy stuff just yet, what did you think of the premise? I thought it was funny. This is the best one since the first two, I thought. So this one has the same director, at least, as the Hugh Jackman one. Oh, really? And, and potentially he wrote it as well. Okay. A guy called Chris Farrelly, I think. So yeah, I think... Oh, Peter Farrelly. Uh, Pe- was it Peter Farrelly? Yeah, he did Dumb and Dumber and... 
the song about Mary. Ah, okay. I think it's quite telling that potentially two of the best sketches in the whole movie are by the same guy. Yeah, it definitely. Kind of, it kind of makes sense. So yeah, then as as we were saying before, the dares kind of get more and more crazy. Um, they pay a stripper to give Merchant his clothes and Merchant goes and strips for a bachelorette party or a hen party, as we'd say. And then, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then, the, this is my problem. You just had three days. Touch a guy's butt, blow a blind kid's birthday candles out, go strip in a place of a natural stripper. Those three, yeah. you could do in the real world. You might get yeah. in trouble, but potentially you could do that in the real world. You could actually do those dares. Give those dares yeah. to someone and they could be performed. Then, out of nowhere, <laughs> the, dare, the next dare that... Halle Berry has to do is to dunk her boob into a bowl of guacamole which is just insane they just ramp it up so quick and it it just gets like worse and worse so the next one is Stephen Merchant gets a tattoo of a jizzing cock on the side of his face yeah it's just it just ramps up it goes from zero to 80 in in about three seconds yeah, and then I don't even know if I want to say the next one. Yeah, so they, they put hot sauce in Halle Berry's vagina. And then is it after that they get plastic surgery? Well, no, Stephen Merchant has to sit through Snooky reading Moby Dick uh, to him. Yeah. yeah, it's just the premise, you know, was quite a believable premise. But it, it just goes off the rails. And I think if they'd given this sketch maybe like, I don't know, double the time or something... They could yeah. have gotten to this point when it was where it was so crazy and unbelievable, where it would felt quite natural. But like I was saying, it just it just ramped up far too quick. <laughs> what was your reaction to Stephen Merchant having plastic surgery to look like an Asian person? Well, yeah. So, so after <laughs> Snooky reads Stephen Merchant Moby Dick, Halle Berry gets plastic surgery. She has like cheek implants and lip implants and like high eyebrows and stuff huge she's got tits. huge breast implants and then oh, then as they're leaving the hospital she sees two asian doctors and then you're back in the surgery room and stephen merchant is getting surgery to look like an asian man and then they do this reveal in an elevator and jesus christ like that made me wince i literally was like oh <laughs> It's like the haircut and fake teeth. It is and... rough. It's so rough. And I'm so disappointed, yeah. I think, because <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the concept. I really liked the concept. And then they just delve into this, like, racism. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> yep. what it is. Call it what it is. It is literally straight up racism. And then Halle Berry gets her absolutely gigantic yeah, I mean, tits out. When we first see her like come out of the elevator and she's got the massive boobs under the shirt, I, w- I was wondering if we were going to see him or not, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she kind of turns down Stephen Merchant near the end and it's a prank and she opens the door and then rips her shirt open and there's just these yeah. <laughs> insane, gigantic boobs. And this is Halle Berry. Like... <laughs> Yeah, she won an Oscar. You've got once. to remind yourself that this is Oscar winning Halle Berry. She also won a Razzie. But yeah, I thought it was such a shame. I thought it was such a. I thought it was a shame that it kind of ended on like a, a very cringy and unfunny note. Because I thought it had promise. I liked the yeah. idea of it. I really did. Ugh, you cut back. Ugh, just don't. I don't care about these kids. And yeah, they see like some sort of future video from themselves. 
Do you remember this? Were yes. we paying enough attention at this point? Yeah, I want like. It's just I don't know what they're going for. Like it doesn't even feel like a comedy. <laughs> no, nothing that's happening in this futuristic version of themselves is funny. They're informing them that like the world is going to end, and that's it for no reason because they watched movie forty three. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes on for so long this bit yeah this and that's where you, this is where you get the reveal that the cam girl was his mum the whole time because she's wearing the same shorts yeah. with a sunflower on and stuff which I don't know it's like yeah. is it funny <laughs> no <laughs> no's my answer for to that for such a drawn out joke it's not funny so yeah so this bit goes on for so long so then they look out they look out it a window does. and like the world is falling apart houses are collapsing and stuff and then it fades into like a dystopian world where one of the main kids is in a wheelchair and mm. he stumbles across his brother's laptop and the laptop like asks him if he wants to reverse what happened and it just like it just doesn't make any sense like it's like do you want me to reverse it are you sure are you really sure and it just goes on for like 30 seconds or so and then it says just kidding. Yeah. Why not watch a movie? And then the, the twelfth sketch plays. It's, I don't understand it. I like. I don't know what there is to say. It's just who came up with this? Not not a very <laughs> funny person. So yeah, do you want to explain the twelfth sketch? So the twelfth sketch is Terence Howard is the coach for all black basketball team in the early sixties. Was it late fifties? Uh, not sure. During uh, times of I don't even know. It's always racist <laughs> in America. Uh, yeah just you know during like um even worse times <laughs> for racism and they're going against like an all-white basketball team and they're all the team's all really nervous and the whole joke is terence howard keeps telling them they're gonna win because they're black that's it <laughs> yeah this is the problem exactly you film. get to a point where you're explaining the sketch and you go oh yeah that's the whole that's the whole bit for five minutes yeah. you know the whole sketch is essentially Ter- terence howard screaming at these kids that they're black yeah hashtag and that's, why that's great. it yeah and then like some of the kids from the white team come in and like berate them yeah it's about it what can you say what can you fucking say i was so annoyed that this was the last sketch kind, kind of, of the, the last, last sketch. sketch but you know until the credits like the last sketch before the credits but the last sketch isn't much better i feel like they could have put maybe any of the previous ones <sighs> i'm not maybe saying this is the worst but it's one of them because it, it's just another one of those like chris pratt ones where it's just nothing yeah it's not funny there are no jokes yeah. in it apart from screaming. That's the joke, is he's screaming. Yeah. There are just so many other sketches they could have picked from that aren't necessarily better, but would have been a better closer before the, the credits. Right, that True for Dare one, I know it ended on an outrageous note, but even that would have... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you could even just switch those two. At least that one had a bit more, like, sustenance, you know? Sustenance? Substance. Yeah. One but, of you know, yeah, I mean, it honestly doesn't matter, though, because they're, they're all a bit bad. <laughs> yeah. Once that finishes, you get the credits, and you get, like, a few outtakes and stuff. You got anything to say about yeah. the credits? No. Nope. Cool. <laughs> to you? No, 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 not at all. And then you get the 13th and final sketch. I can't believe this was directed by James Gunn. No, neither can I. James Gunn has, like, blamed this on Elizabeth Banks. Really? In a joking way. Oh, okay. So she was involved already with the project where she was directing the Chloe Moretz and Christopher Mintz Plus sketch. 
and then she got James Gunn involved because obviously they're they're close anyway. And yeah, and like she was like, oh, come and direct this, you know, I'll be in it and stuff. And so he signed on for it, and he yeah he says blame. Blame Elizabeth Banks for my involvement in that piece of shit. <laughs> Did you know there were a lot of like other high-profile directors on board at the start? Trey Parker and Matt Stone were going to direct a bunch of it. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> yeah, smart. They, they made the They're smart to say no. no. So yeah, the premise of this one is Elizabeth Banks. And do you know the name of the actor? No, but I think he's in Transformers. So there's a couple and the guy has a cat and the cat hates Elizabeth Banks. The sort of USP of this sketch is that the cat is animated. Like the anti-Garfield. Yeah, yeah. It's not funny. The cat hates Elizabeth Banks. The cat's, and the gay, cat's gay. Uh and is in love with his owner. The cat beats up Elizabeth Banks and stuff. Jerks off over his owner. Has a real graphic thought <laughs> about <laughs> humping yeah. his owner's face. There was one shot of the cat <laughs> that actually made me quite laugh. It was just about the animation of it. What's that? There's a shot where the cat's got a ice pack on his head and he's put a thermometer in his mouth when his owner looks at him. And then when his owner looks away, he like flips the thermometer up, breaks it in half, drinks it, and then just pukes all over himself. And that actually made me laugh. The animation of it made me <laughs> chuckle. But bar that, this was shit. <laughs> yeah, and then they get in a massive fight. The cat ends up like shooting Elizabeth Banks with a shotgun. And then she beats him down the street with a shovel and they end up in like a kid's party, is it? And she's like beating the cat in front of a bunch of kids. And she's beating a cat to death. And hashtag that's it. That's the end of the film. That's the premise of the sketch. That is the end of the movie and then that's the credits roll. Yeah, did you want to go over your points, your redemption points? I have quite a bit to say. I really like the first sketch. I thought the first sketch was genuinely great. And I really like the second sketch with Leave Schreiber and Naomi Watts. And then it just didn't get better. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, oh, I feel like all my other possible positive notes on the film would just be like, oh, I like that guy. You know, like it's like the Sean William Scott and Johnny Knoxville yeah. sketch. It's all actor based. Yeah. I like both those actors, but. But if you did that, you'd have like 30 reasons why this movie was good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but really, I just have like two sketches and that one bit about kids being inside machines <laughs> yeah that i thought were good so maybe about 15 minutes if that of this two hour long film i enjoyed <laughs> that is rough <laughs> that's my only positives for this i it's just the problem with bad comedy compared to some of the other bad films we've been watching is that bad comedy is just boring yeah whereas like other bad films like batman and robbins and the street fighters and the the axe giants of the world yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know like there's a goofiness about it that at least keeps you entertained throughout yep i agree whereas a bad comedy is just like well this is just poorly written yeah like, I, and then that's it like it's no like nothing else to keep you hooked getting a boring movie was one of the things we were kind of worried about having to talk about yeah and i think movie 43 was my idea for this podcast yeah <laughs> i didn't think it would be boring you know i didn't think we would just say no. that it was nothing a lot of the time boring is the word there's not enough well, maybe there is enough to keep you going. Yeah, I mean, like, I watched it all. The only bits I properly zoned out on were the filler segments. Yeah. Framing device? Yeah, framing That's device. That's Yeah, framing device. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hour and 53 minutes into recording. <laughs> we got it. Let's go. Let's record the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, so my redemption points, you know, are, I did genuinely like the very first sketch. Yeah. It got me laughing, and at that point, I was, like, worried that, 
I was going to be the one person that enjoyed movie 43, but it didn't go that way. I really like the cast. We were just saying, you know, if but if yeah. it was just down to the cast, you'd have so many reasons why you like it. They all carry this movie or the sketches they're in so so well yeah like they they keep you engaged they make you believe the universe that is being introduced is believable but i think it also kind of works against the movie as a whole because there are points where because their acting is so good it just highlights how painfully unfunny the writing is. Definitely. I have to say, though, this film is nowhere near as bad as people say it is. It is a bad film, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you see this on so many, like, worst films of all time lists. There are worse comedies. There are far worse comedies than this. I would probably agree. I think it's maybe, like, the sort of how it was made and things like that that surrounds it. Yeah, like, I get it. Maybe, yeah, it's on those lists because it's so bad in contrast to its star-studded cast. Yeah. But if you're just judging it as a movie, it's nowhere near one of the worst one of my points that i wrote down it's not necessarily like a redemption point but i definitely think this movie is somewhat of a spectacle yeah if someone told you there was a movie where hugh jackman had testicles on his neck or elizabeth banks beats up an animated cat or Stephen Merchant has plastic surgery to make himself look like an Asian man. Yeah. You would go, why are we not watching that movie right now? And then you'll be disappointed after. <laughs> it's just those payoffs aren't as good as the ideas initially are. No. It probably worked really well on paper, and reading it probably was funny. But when you yeah. see it and it plays out, it just doesn't live up to what it read as. No. The only reason you'd watch this is to see all the big names doing stuff you'd never seen them done before, and sort of like cringe at it but i don't think uh, you know I, I don't think that was the goal a lot of the time i think you know the goal was to be funny and it just missed that mark yeah 80 90 of the time i can't even say like oh i'm glad i watched it like i can say i have <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one of my points about it being like a spectacle you know you think you would want to see it yeah you know as i said before i knew about hugh jackman having testicles and i was like oh cool i want to i want to see that and that one played out well but you know yeah. if you'd been given those sort of like basic ideas of each of the sketches you'd just be disappointed that's that's the thing maybe even more than disappointed angry <laughs> like that eye babe sketch made me have you got any other anything else to say on it ali b not really i wasn't expecting much and was still disappointed what kind of rating do you want to give it do you want me to go through the ratings yeah i think it's good for our audience we have a six rating turd scale a star rating is a diamond, which is is a rare rating. So good. So many good redeeming points that it's no longer a bad movie. A five-star rating is a polished turd. A four is a slightly cleaner turd. A three is a clean pinched turd. A two is a plain old stinky turd. And one is diarrhea. Where does it sit on the turd scale for you? Um, I know where it sits for me. I have a very decided place on the scale. Oh, shit, okay. See, to me, it wasn't as bad as Two-Headed Shark which I gave diarrhea to. Well, I'll jump in there and I'll say I gave it diarrhea. It was bad. It was a different kind of bad, you know? Yeah. That's the problem. Two-Headed Shark was a bad, bad movie, whereas this is a bad comedy movie. I Yeah, it's a difficult one. I guess, like, my my instinct is to give it diarrhea. It's got to be. Yeah, because, yeah, well, I mean, I said earlier, like, 15 minutes out of a two-hour film I enjoyed. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> Like, would you say you you enjoyed more than 15 minutes of Two-Headed Shark Attack? It was a shorter film. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think I could say I enjoyed more than 15 minutes. Yeah, maybe. There's enough in the movie as a whole of Two-Headed Shark Attack. It's still awful, but it's like spread out. Whereas with this movie, you literally had your first 15 minutes that were good and then nothing for a further hour and 45. What's your rating? I'm going diarrhea. Yes. Second diarrhea movie of the podcast. Have we disagreed yet? We did on Batman and Robin, actually, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a disagreement, I would say. Well, it was, because you didn't (laughs) give it the highest possible rate. I gotta save that, man. I gotta save that for something I'm as passionate about. For when we watch... I don't know, I'm trying to think of a bad film you like. Well, I would give The Room a star rating. Yeah, but The Room... What 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 could we say about the room? That hasn't already been said yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, we would never do the room. I think you know me and you have have watched the room together on many occasions anyway. Yeah. And so there's nothing more we could even say to each other. Exactly. <laughs> when this podcast takes off, we'll do a special live episode yeah. <laughs> of the room. <laughs> yeah. We'll get everyone to throw plastic spoons at us. We'll do it live with Tommy Wiseau. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. I mean, you know, I, I was I was really looking forward to this one because I, I feel like I had a lot to say. I feel like I've spoken the most in this oh, episode. Because I feel like I had very little to say about this film. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I've spoken the most I have in any of our podcasts. Well, that's good. I was really excited for this one, even though it's one of the worst we've watched. Cool. Do we want to make a decision on the next movie? I've got some I really want to do right now, but I don't know. Because I really like the idea of doing Dragon Ball Evolution and having Ryan come on. He's our editor. I think that'll be really funny. Okay, let's do that then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So we'll do Dragon Ball Evolution next with special guest, our editor. (laughs) Ryan Harris. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get him on. Sweet, okay. Sounds good to me. All right, nice one. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll... Catch you on the next one when we watch Dragon Ball Evolution. I was going to shout Hadouken, but that's not <laughs> Dragon Ball. Shout a quote from this movie, quick. Uh, what the fuck did they even <laughs> say in this film? End it there. <laughs>